Moi, j'adore dire que nos vies sont végétales. Welcome to Flowers by Kenzo Perfumes. This podcast seeks out committed flower experts working towards a sustainable and fair vision of flowers for a more beautiful world. I'm Nolene Serda. A new generation of flower farmers are taking on a mission, growing flowers sustainably and introducing their gentler perspective on flower farming to the public. It's the slow flower movement. Locally grown, seasonal flowers for a slower, ethical consumption. This movement has become Masami Charlotte Lavaux's work ethos. She's an activist flower farmer, founder of Plein Air, the first flower farm in Paris. Masami Charlotte has been the ambassador of Flower by Kenzo since 2022. Inspiring and inspired. Every day, she works towards a more beautiful world. Fundamental value shared by Kenzo Perfumes. With this in mind, I've joined her to meet people who act, each in their own way, for a living flower, and who inspire her in her daily work. In this sixth and final episode, we are focusing on Ikibana with Akiko Usami, a Japanese florist based in Paris, a master of this ancestral art of flowers, and a qualified teacher of one of Japan's oldest schools. Hello, Akiko. Hello, Masami. Could you introduce yourself? Just tell us your name, your occupation, and maybe where you live. Give us a short bio. My name is Akiko Usami, and I am Japanese. I have been working with flowers for a little over 20 years, and I have a diploma in Japanese floral art, Ikibana, from the Ikinobo School. At the moment, I'm working for events and weddings, and I offer classic Paris-style arrangements, as well as Japanese-style arrangements. I actually came to Paris to learn how to design Paris-style bouquets. Okay, but I'm a true Parisian, and I'm wondering what a Parisian bouquet is. Oh, okay. <laughs> well... For us Japanese, Parisian style means that the bouquet is round and that you can look at it from every direction, whereas a Japanese bouquet is only seen from one side. When I was 20, when I was young, there weren't many European styles or English, but now it's becoming popular. So I thought I'd like to learn that style. There's always this attraction to foreignness, right? So I came to Paris to work with flowers. So you've been in the flower industry for 20 years, but you've been in Paris for 15 years. So you were already a florist in Japan. Absolutely. I worked in Tokyo for weddings and in a flower shop as well. I did a bit of everything. I sold flowers at the shop and in big hotels. I did events and weddings. So that's where I learned the foundations of this job. As a Japanese florist who had just started learning French, was it easy to find a job as a Parisian florist? Ah, finding work in Paris. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't easy, but I started as an intern. At the beginning, I did a few internships with a couple of florists, and as I started to speak French, I was able to communicate with clients. And in the end, I found a job at a florist in the Marais. He taught me a lot, how to arrange things together, etc. And then I decided to go freelance. 
So did he actually design in, in Parisian style? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> His style is a bit more of the Provence style, which still has a very country style feel. It's slightly different, but it's still a Parisian style with lots of foliage and flowers and round bouquets. So we've got the Parisian style, the Provence style, the English style. <laughs> well, that's good. I've learned something about my culture. I don't actually work with traditional florists, so I haven't any knowledge of this. <laughs> well, in Japan, we love to name each style. And for us in Japan, it's Paris style, and it means that it comes from Paris. That it's a round, tight bouquet, very colorful, very busy, but very pretty. We really like that style. Did you train in Ikebana in Japan before becoming a florist, or did you start your florist career in Japan with a European style from the beginning? It was a bit of both at the same time. When I was working at a florist in Tokyo, I was already working with a kind of English-slash-European style. And at the same time, I also started to learn ikibana once a week outside of work. And it carried on. Then I came to Paris, so I learned the Parisian style. When I was working in florist shops here, many clients would ask me, Do you know ikibana? Can you do any? I couldn't do much because, at the time, I hadn't really learned. So I thought, oh, it's a shame. I work with flowers, but I don't know my own culture. That's why I felt it was important to learn about my culture as well. So I came back to Japan, to Tokyo, and that's where I really learned. And by really learned, you mean... I mean that I found a master. First, I chose a school, Ikinobo, that I really liked. Then I found a master who lived near me. And while I was working at a florist in Tokyo, I went to my Ikibana classes around twice a week. I practiced at my master's place. And was that for a long time? It was for around three and a half years. Oh, okay, so it's a bit like going back to studying. Well, it was very interesting. I really liked it. Yes, it was very different from what I had learned in Paris. And a truly different art, but using the same plants, the same flowers, which I found very interesting. Even now, I practice ikibana in France. But to me, it's a completely different art. The opposite, actually. So I'm always drawn to create ikibana arrangements. You know you say they're opposites, and they truly are. You know, in French, the word bouquet comes from the Provençal dialect, bosque, bosquet, which means hayashi in Japanese, so small forest. So it means that a bouquet is a tiny forest. Okay. <laughs> It's full of plants, of stems. There are many of them, you know. <laughs> so there's a true abundance And that word, bouquet, from the, the Provençal bosque, appeared in the French language in the 15th century. Which is funny, because at the same time, what happened in Japan? Well, ikibana. What does ikebana mean, the word ikebana itself? 
Ikibana means, Ike means arranged. Bana or Hana means flowers. So it's arranging flowers. So it's really simple. But Ike also means... There are two meanings. There are even two different kanji to write it. Ika is to live, to give life, to make something come alive. So ikiru is to give life to flowers. Which means that life is an essential part of ikevana. Could you tell us when ikebana came into existence? In the 6th century, Buddhism came to Japan, and Buddhist monks would give flowers to Buddha as offerings. Then, much later, in the 14th century, during the Muromachi period, a tiny space was created in reception room. The tokonoma originated from that space. The tokonoma is a space that you decorate with ikibana flowers and traditional artworks such as kakajiku. Because the tokonoma is found in the houses of uh, normal people. It was not only in religious buildings. At the time, the tokonoma was a room, only for rich people. But much later, yes, it became quite popular. So it's a small alcove, right? In a way, yes. It's a bit high. It's a small space. It's not very big. Let's say one meter by two meters. Maybe a bit bigger. It depends on the houses, but it's not huge. So is that where Ikebana arrangements were displayed, where incense was also placed? Yes, decorations. Some kind of spiritual decorations. Yes, traditional. It was a place at home where you could gather yourself, a little bit like a meditation space, a space to think, right? But at the time, it was a space where you showed your power. Decorations are significant. You place them there so that when people come and visit you, they think, whoa, there's this and this and this. Ikebana is meant to be seen in a tokonoma. It's meant to be seen only by guests and in, in one direction only, right? So you're saying that Ikebana came through Buddhism, which means it came from China, and before China, it was in India. So is Ikebana actually Indian? <laughs> Not really, right? Because the Indian flower tradition is all about garlands and flower wreaths and flower petals. Mm. To start with, in Ikibana, you use traditional flowers, those that grow in nature. So the idea of offering flowers to the gods was kept. It's the same concept, but with Japanese flowers. They're not the same flowers. I think that at that time, monks working in the temple would use flowers and plants that they could find in their garden. They adapted to what they found there. So that's how ikibana became a specific style, based on Japanese flowers. And it's also the entire flower, right? You can suddenly see the stems, uh, some branches, leaves. In my mind, the Indian or Chinese Buddhist flower, it's only the flower head that you see. Yes, yes. 
It's true. For us, in Japan, plants are an important part of our lives because agriculture has existed for such a long time. We live with nature, with plants surrounding us, and with each season comes a flower, so there are many, many varieties. For us, plants are not just flower heads. It's everything. Stems or even branches. Whether there are some flowers or not, there are leaves. And all this is nature. We were really living with nature.
Mais on n'a pas toujours eu des Kanzan, non À l'époque Oui, quand c'était... Oui. Il y a longtemps. Il y a longtemps, tout à fait. Ça, ça a développé à l'époque Edo, du 17e siècle. <rire> Et donc, avant, il n'y avait pas. Et j'ai appris qu'en fait, avant, il utilisait une botte de paille. Et hop, il pose sur, dans, dans un vase et peut retenir les fleurs. Okay, so initially, it's, a, it's still a very Buddhist practice, a very religious practice. When was it passed on to non-religious people? Yes. So, at the beginning, there was a monk called Ikinobo who worked at a temple in Kyoto and composed a lot of ikibana arrangements. He arranged many flowers for Buddha, and his art was well known. So he is the one who created ikibana. Later, other artistic groups called dobushu created a lot for the aristocrats and rich people. At that time, they also created other arts, such as the tea ceremony, architecture, gardens, poems, theater, etc. And that's when ikibana developed for powerful and wealthy people, generals and samurai. And so when were people like you and I able to start doing ikebana without being super rich? <laughs> I think that already during the Edo period, in the 18th century, many tools like the kenzan were created. And many more things were developing as well. Like schools, even people like us could start doing it at home. What does wabi-sabi mean? Because everyone says it's wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi is the idea that in the world, things in general become old, broken, dirty, and rusty over time. But with the wabi mindset, you still appreciate this. You consider old age as beauty. So we very much like the simple and humble things, because even old age represents the beauty of life. It's important to truly express nature, life. When there is only bling, it's not real. <laughs> it's not the beauty of life. Because it's true that practicing ikibana, you can learn the wabi-sabi philosophy, and it helps us live well, live the moment. It really helped me because at the farm, there's a lot of work and you always have to go fast, fast, fast. Mm. So when I think, okay, now I'm going to take a break and do a bit of ikebana, it helps me make time to see the farm as it is and realize that it's beautiful even if it's not tidy, even if I've not finished this. It's taking a step back, in fact. And being very happy to see that this flower yes. or this branch came from the farm. For me too, when I'm making ikibana arrangements, it's a very quiet and focused moment. I think it's a bit like a meditation mindset. I observe flowers, nature, forms, colors, and textures. That's the moment when I reflect on myself. It's relaxing. Nowadays, who can do Ikebana? 
Does everyone practice Ikebunai in Japan, for example? Uh, not so long ago, for my parents' generation, for example, it was very important for women to get a diploma in Ikebana, especially for single women, to show that they came from a respectable family. But now, with globalization, young people's interest has declined. And it's not only with ikibana, but other traditions as well. Tea ceremony, calligraphy, etc. It has changed a lot. And as I mentioned before, people like me who want to become florists learn the European and American styles rather than the Japanese one. A lot less people learn that style because it takes a lot of money and time to become a professional. And there are many levels of qualification, too. In Ikinobo, there are 18. <laughs> but above all, it's a lot of money. So you really have to like and appreciate it, which is why it has become less popular. Because Ikenobo is this very old school. <laughs> I'm laughing because I love it. Um, the Ikenobo school is aware that they have to fight for Ikebana today, that more people need to do Ikebana. And so they created, they created a sort of boy band. <laughs> it's called Ikenoboys. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> That's a good name. They're really like a boy band, and they're super spectacular. They do displays of Ikebana in Ikenobo style. They go on tour. Um, they really are an Ikebana boy band, and I think it's amazing that they exist. But it shows that Ikenobo and old traditional schools still have this determination to recruit. Absolutely. Yes, I think it also developed the way ikibana is displayed. It used to be for the home, and now it's for stages, big installations, shops, etc. And you can also collaborate with other art forms, such as music, painting, and so on. It has greatly changed the style of ikibana. But I think it's a good idea, because the way it attracts more people, and it won't disappear. Now, Ikibana is well-known, especially around the world. Even in France, when you mention Ikibana, people understand. Instead of saying Japanese flower art, more people know the word Ikibana. So we're talking about the Ikenobo school, but when I started to look into Ikebana, I thought school meant a physical place where you have a door, you can walk in, and there are classrooms. But what I came to understand was that it's not an actual brick-and-mortar school. It's a school of thought. Yes, it's true. So when we talk about Ikebana school, it's not necessarily a location, because even you said that you learned at your... Masters, yes. Et 
encore plus, à peu près un tiers plus court que ci. Ah ok, donc le premier auxiliaire de Chine, il était juste une poignée plus court que voilà. Chine. Et le deuxième auxiliaire de Chine, il est, est un tiers plus court voilà. que Chine. Donc c'est hyper codifié. Hein. Là, les tiges, elles sont toutes alignées. Tout à fait. Oui, oui c'est ça la règle aussi importante chez, dans le style Shoka. Quand on, on regarde de, en face, il y a juste une tige qui sort et à peu près deux poignées de en haut de vase, ça s'ouvre, ça sort les plantes. Mmh. Donc ça raconte un peu le, la beauté du moment où les fleurs poussent. Il y a, il y a vraiment, <rire> il, y a, il y a beaucoup de règles. <rire> ça c'est le centre, c'est 10, 10 degrés. Après soi c'est à peu près 40 degrés. Et à la fin, on va mettre au taille, c'est 75 degrés. Après, c'est le chiffre. Hein. Ça dépend de fleurs, des plantes qu'on a. Parce qu'il faut, il faut s'adapter pour que ça soit plus joli. Hein. Mais au, au début, quand, quand j'ai vu pour la première fois un shoka, et on m'a dit, oui, tel degré, tel degré, je me dis, mais ça veut dire que les gens, ils ont un rapport. Hein, ils mesurent les angles hein, avec des rapporteurs et des écrits. Non, <rire> c'est à, à peu près. Euh... En fait, le plus important, c'est vraiment observer mmh. les plantes en face de toi et s'il veut pousser là alors tu t'adaptes avec les pour les plantes mmh. c'est pas le les règles qui qui décident mmh. voilà et dans l'ikebana c'est très important le sens de plantes so how many ryu how many ikebana schools are there in japan and yours is very traditional right So, there are currently more than 300 schools in Japan. And the three most popular ones are Ikinobu, Sogetsu, and Oara. Ikinobu is the most traditional one, with many rules. Then, Sogetsu is the most recent one, where you can freely create arrangements using other elements than flowers. And Oara was developed quite late, too. It is known for its moribana style. In moribana, you use a big, wide vase with a big opening, and you arrange flowers with a kenzan. So these are the three most popular schools. There are many more that I don't know of, but each ryu, each school, has their own philosophy. This concept is very surprising for us, at least nowadays. Yes, that's the real difference between us. You see, that's how we are, the Japanese. There's a specific Japanese spirit that we live by. It's something blurry, not that visually clear, but we have always kept this mindset. Maybe it's because there were only Japanese people in Japan. For you, with migration over time, it had to be visually clearer, too. Whereas for us, there weren't many foreigners living in Japan before. So maybe we didn't need to specify, the school is like this, it's here, etc. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese blur. So Ikebana is very technical, right? I saw uh, you had to stick to certain angles, their rules. Uh, you don't just do things randomly or take random stems. You don't take any random flower. And there are some specific tools too. Do you think that it's necessary to take Ikebana classes to know how to do Ikebana 
that you need to learn this technique at least once. I think so. I think Ikebana is still very technical. Now, it depends on the school. But with Ikenobu, for instance, the school that I chose to study at, there are many rules to arrange flowers. If you don't know them, it's not exactly Ikebana. You should practice um, at least once a week with the master. There are a lot of levels, and these levels, they take approximately one, two, or even three years each to complete. Yes, Ikebana is really about what can be found now in front of me or not far from me. It's about being in the moment, right? Um, it's important in winter, for example, to not only use flowers that are growing at the time, but also to represent the season itself, right? Um, we like to show a winter or a spring theme. Absolutely. And today I've used irises. In Ikinobo, there is a very traditional style called shuka, where you only use irises. And it tells the story of the four seasons. For example, we only use light green leaves to represent spring when only green foliage grows. For summer, we use stems with tiny buds, a few flowers to represent the sun with darker shades of green. And for autumn and winter, we use yellowish-brown and damaged leaves, which is okay because it represents winter and autumn. That's beauty as well. So we even use tired flowers to tell the season. But even in France, it's possible to take Ikenobo certified classes because some branches of Ikenobo or Sogetsu or Ohara have been validated by their founding schools in Japan and allow us here in France or in many countries in the world to earn diplomas to become... Uh, yes, even in Paris, you can find people who have given classes. So it's possible to learn. <laughs> Even on YouTube now. And I wonder, why do we want to have living flowers inside our houses? And this goes for everyone in the world, not only in Japan. Why do we bring the outside into our houses? I think that we've always made flower offerings to the gods. We think of flowers as something sacred. I think we still have this mindset. So when we put flowers inside the house, we feel a lot of energy coming from them, and we can be more relaxed. Another reason is the ikibana idea that we can feel the sun thanks to flowers. So when we put them in the house, we feel that the room is brighter, we feel that there is more light. So at the time, with the tokonoma, rooms didn't have a lot of light. But with a small ikibana arrangement, obviously we could not literally bring the sun in. But since all plants have upward shapes growing upwards towards the sun, we can imagine the sun shining in the room. It's an arrangement to celebrate the sun without sun. <laughs> you have to picture it. And imagination is important. 
Do you think that Ikebana can help? Well, I feel that Ikebana can make many people happy. Um, it's a bit naive to say that, but <laughs> do you think it's true? Mm. To live? Yes, I personally think so. And as I said, when I practice Ikebana, it's a very quiet and focused moment. So I observe things surrounding me in a slightly different way. And with the wabi-sabi mindset, you appreciate things more, even if they are broken or old. It's not that bad. It's the beauty of life. It even applies to ourselves, even if we get old. Well, that's life. That's how it is. <laughs> It's easier to adapt and to accept the passage of time. And that way, we're not sad when we are old. We can see things differently. I've learned this thanks to Ikibana, because the wabi-sabi philosophy is a part of it. And it helps. It helps live better. We adapt. Time goes by, and so on. Well, thank you for spending time with me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flowers, a Kenzo Perfumes podcast. You can find the series on all your podcast platforms. I'm Nolin Serda, and Flowers is a Kenzo Perfumes podcast, produced by Louis Creative. Masami, Charlotte, Lavaux, and I have co-written this episode. Camille Bichler and Eloise Normand are in charge of production, and the original music was composed by Marine Kemerich.